It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Football Fanalytics podcast in association with 23. This is the show that explores the ever-growing world of football analytics and takes on the many tactical and topical discussions within the game. It's episode 63 and we're looking across Europe's top leagues this week. My name is Mark Carey and joining me as ever is my good friend Ryan Bailey. Ryan, how are we doing, mate? Mark, I'm very good. Um, I, I'm ripping up my notes for what I was going to have as the first intro uh, to this episode, which I'm not ripping them up. I'm just putting them on hold for two seconds because I was just looking on Twitter and after our, we had a very good response to the manager's episode last week, but I, tongue in cheek on mm-hmm. Saturday morning, uh, decided to tweet out who would be the gaffer out of uh, me and you of Fanalytics FC mm-hmm. um, after we'd had a couple of messages from listeners sort of, you know, d- discussing that what was a very serious question. And um, to my pleasant surprise, Mark, there was 47% of people said me. Oh, did they? Yeah, I didn't know the results of this. Go on, walk me through it then. So it's 47% me, which I'm guessing people were just being kind, or it's maybe a kind of a a knee-jerk reaction to, well, we can't have him in charge of the analytics department, which (laughs) I think is absolutely fair. Um, You had 23%, which again, seems a bit harsh, you know, but... Yeah, well, it is poor, but surely everyone is surely thinking that you're going to have uh, bigger and better roles in terms of the the kind of driving the club forward with recruitment and uh, the data side of things. I'm hoping that's what they're thinking, or it really doesn't say a lot about you as a, as a sort of a managerial presence. Um, oh, well, what- thanks very much. Thank you. <laughs> what I thought was quite alarming, though, was how I just bought an optional third um, recruitment needed, and 30% of people said that. So... Yeah, I mean... Oh, wow. So more people said recruitment needed than voting for me. Yeah, they did. But like I'm saying, though, I think that you would have been the the analytical choice, whereas I'm not really sure if 30% of people didn't think that either of us were any good. Well, obviously, you're going to be in the analytics department. So 
I'm not really sure what my role would be. Maybe it is actually going to be social media manager, um, you know, considering I was building the uh, the listening interaction. But anyway, just that that's that's just something. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, I'm, I'm utterly deflated, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, genu- I genuinely didn't know the answer to the, to the poll that you put out. But um, if any of the listeners want to clarify why they voted as such, I'd love to know. Um, I can just as easily keep my thoughts to myself and we shut down the Football Panalytics podcast. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm taking this too personally. Um, but yeah, I'd like to know what people um, think, whether they enjoy the podcast. He'll take his analytics department elsewhere. Yeah, he always keep these thoughts yeah. in my own head. Um, but no, that's that's a fun one. I think there's one thing to say for certain that if that did happen, then it would just be me talking to myself, not knowing anything about football analytics. So um let let's just let's just make it up and change that stat everyone wanted you as the manager so uh so there we go but anyway no, no you don't you don't have to butter me up do not worry but i do think there was a great <laughs> response to uh the manager episode and i think as we said the as the weeks have gone by or days have gone by um there's been more thought of just how much they should be a part oh, two yeah. to this so i think stay tuned for more on that that sort of topic i think part two is absolutely on the cards like you say um the thing that I was going to, I thought I'd start this episode with, I was going to ask you, when you were, we, we've done in the past a uh, a sort of question on when you were growing up playing football, what kind of football boots did you wear? I know you had the sort of the 2006 Gerard Predators in their day, I can't remember if they're the absolutes or whatever, mm-hmm. but I remember that was what you always said. Now, if you were a highly sought after uh, professional footballer, um, which neither of us were, sadly. Um, would you have been a Nike athlete, an Adidas athlete, or another brand athlete if you had the choice, do you reckon? Adidas, hands down, next question. Would you? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I- I've just always liked Adidas, probably to do with maybe Predators. I think that's partly in it. But any sports top that I would have or choose, I would go to Adidas straight away. I, I, I really don't know why. Interesting. I'd probably say you're more Nike. Would that be fair to say? Well, do you know what? I had Nike and Adidas boots growing up. Adidas were probably was my favourite in terms of boots. But, but not just boots. Enough, well, no, I think, I think in terms of like, you know, gym gear football kit i definitely did have uh have some nike kit and i think a lot of my sort of sport tops now are nike not that i'm sponsored by either obviously (laughs) but um but yeah i just wondered because i read a really interesting article which was uh from the athletic actually um i can't remember who wrote it but it was basically about the fact that erling Haaland, at the moment at the time of recording on uh, on tuesday Erling Haaland is currently not tied to a sponsorship brand. So I didn't realise that in uh, the Man City promo photos and everything, he was wearing Puma boots. In the opening game of the season, I think he was wearing Nike boots. And in the second game of the season, he was wearing Adidas boots. And I just thought, you don't really get that as a phenomenon these days, do you? I can't remember the last time someone was kind of not attached to any uh, any sponsorship brand and didn't wear a certain kind of boots. So I just thought it was really interesting that one of the sort of biggest and most sought after players uh, was in that situation. Yeah, isn't that odd? I don't know what the full article said within within that context. Well, it's basically but... saying he's in he's in a fantastic position to negotiate a massive massive deal with any of those brands because obviously one of the most sought after athletes in the world um and they'd love to sign him up on a long time sort of agreement so it's almost like him going well hang on this is what i look like in these i I, flirting with the idea of them all basically yeah it did make me think 
that I'm, and I know this has been done before probably in other circles but it's something I used to think when I was younger I used always used to come up with a game in my brain of like if there was a brand tournament so obviously you'd have your big ones your Nikes your Adidas etc but players who these days were associated to brand imagine if you had a tournament so I know that like Trent Alexander-Arnold for instance is like the number one at Under Armour isn't he Under Armour um, yeah. isn't Mane like New Balance mm-hmm. um, they'd be sort of like your mid-table ones Puma I think are like sort of maybe the third third on the list after Nike and Adidas um, and you know there'd be some sort of rogue ones in there and I quickly googled an Adidas 11 that wow. I thought I'd run past you to see who you think would win between an Adidas 11 and a Nike 11 so this was a live score uh, one that was pulled together in uh, February 2022 so a couple of months old but in the Adidas 11 in goal they had Neuer and then from right to left, it's Hakimi, Alaba, Ramos, and Alba in defence. Salah, Kante, Kroos, Bernardo Silva, and Messi uh, sort of in the middle and, and wide. And then Benzema up front, which is a pretty fantastic wow. Adidas 11, right? Absolutely. I'm guessing yeah. we're, we're thinking of all these players in their peak. Um, you then go to the Nike 11, which would be Alisson in goal, Cancelo, Diaz, Van Dijk, Alfonso Davies. Mbappe, De Jong, Kimmich, De Bruyne, Ronaldo and Lewandowski, all Nike-sponsored athletes. Wow. Now, that's a game I would like to see, whatever date it was, even if, you know, not everyone's in their prime. That's a good game of football, right, if you watch that? That is a very good game of football. I'm just trying to process all of those names that you said and trying to fit them into some Massive, sort of right? formation. But that is a game I'd want to see. Yeah, and I said that in a really bad order, but as in like, that's just I was just going from right to the left, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I've just about got it. I genuinely closed my eyes as you said that to try to try and work out where it would be. All the forward yeah. runs, all the different tactics already just flying around in my head. But it reminds me of, uh, you know, when you're young, you'd see, uh, like, I think it was the Pepsi adverts where it would just be like all-stars playing yeah. against each other and David Beckham and Raul exactly and that. Roberto Carlos, who, granted, all played for Real Madrid, but often players from all over Europe they would, you know, get involved. And I would love to see just an all-star cast of Knight versus Adidas that should happen if it isn't already it, it absolutely should and then also Puma would be kind of like the rogue one I mean Neymar now I think has signed for Puma recently he sort of defected from Nike in 2020 which is a big one um they've got Griezmann um St Maximan is a is a Puma athlete I know that Koulibaly is as well some some really sort of left field shouts I just yeah, thought it was yeah. a very interesting one and then you'd have the people who played for Sondico um at some <laughs> point throughout, throughout you and me there. at the back yeah, basically. Um, anyway, just just a fun fun thought for the midweek that I uh, that I was googling earlier. I really like that, and I think the fact that we are speaking about European players or players not just exclusive to the Premier League is very relevant to this episode, Ryan. Because I think we're going to look at the top five European leagues um, at the team level and at the league level. But you've set it up perfectly in terms of the the theme. So uh, without further ado, should we get cracking with that? Let's do it. Mark, this is exciting. Why don't you tell the listeners about our new collaboration with Spitch? Tell them what Spitch is. Yeah, we've been wanting to share this with the listeners for some time. So Spitch is basically a live fantasy football manager app and you can pit yourself against other managers basically. And the fun thing is that you can win real money in the process. And What's great is that you can compete across multiple leagues worldwide. So rather than just the fantasy Premier League that we do, you can compete in other leagues like the German Bundesliga, the Premier League, of course, and others like the Champions League and the Europa League. I mean, if it was like 
Fantasy Premier League, then we'd win absolutely nothing. But it's not like Fantasy Premier League because the difference is you can create a brand new lineup for each match day. So basically, no more selection regret when a player you've chosen is going through a bad run of form. What else is different, Mark? Well, I think it's right up our street because it goes into greater depth with the analytics side, which is so true to the Football Fanalytics podcast. So it awards points for basically every action on the pitch. So things like passes, tackles, blocks and shots, everything that you can think of all count towards your match score. So for the first time ever, we can cheer on a pot shot from miles away. Exactly. So make sure you sign up. Download the app and register now. Once you've registered, you can join the Football Fanalytics Podcast League. So come and get involved. Play against me and Mark. The link is in our bio. Join Spitch now. So let's talk Europe. Now, we are a few games into the the domestic season across a lot of um, men's European football. There's two, maybe three games being played um, by everyone. And there's been some... I suppose there's been some surprises, Ryan. It's certainly thinking about the Premier League already. There's been some surprises. We've, we've spoken about Brentford against Manchester United. Um, but yep. I, I, I guess what this episode is going to be about is just how how many surprises there are within a league. I mean, there's, there's always some, you know, week by week, case by case. But more generally speaking, how much, how predictable, I guess, is each league? Like, do you think when you, you know, you think across the top five European leagues, is it pretty much nailed on that PSG win the, the French league? Is it pretty much nailed on that Bayern win the, the German Bundesliga um, in Spain? Granted, Barcelona aren't in the strongest position at the moment, but yeah, maybe there's a bit more of a two, three horse race there. Um, Italy, I think, is a is more of a, an unpredictable one. Premier League at the moment, obviously Liverpool and Manchester yeah. City, no one seems to be threatening them. Um do you think it's an interesting one of just how yeah, predictable and how many surprises you can throw up across the, the league? Yeah, I definitely do. I think that it's been said a few times, hasn't it, in recent years? And it's been, you know, it's been forever really, hasn't it? But there's a, there's obviously a big six in England, which can be a little bit dull in the sense, I guess, that you want a league where everyone can compete and everyone is sort of has a chance of winning the league. But realistically, in the current climate, that's just not going to happen. But actually, surely the fact that we in the Premier League have a big six is actually a bit, a lot more varied than than some of the other ones you just mentioned because Germany comes to mind in terms of the team that... Haven't they, haven't they won it like 10 in a row or something? Yeah, well, the, this, the Bundesliga. Is, this is the thing that kind of gave me the idea for this episode. And I do often hark back to The Athletic, but I do think it's just kind of brought a, a wider point that, on Twitter and, and analytics Twitter of Michael Cox's piece. I don't know if you've read it, but it was essentially making a jovial, lighthearted argument that Bayern Munich should start every game 1-0 down um, <laughs> because they are so dominant and then see how much they, you know, they would have won. And I think, yeah, as you say, they've won the past uh, 10 seasons and even if they would have started every game in the past 10 years um, 1-0 down they still would have won three titles I think which just goes to show how maybe unequal and unfair and how much of a one-horse race the German Bundesliga is to, to a greater or lesser extent I know it's caused a bit of controversy but it does just show that Bayern Munich are you know just in a, in a league of their own uh, a league of one yeah on their own so how much equality there is within the the Bundesliga, um, and I thought it'd just be good to kind of see whether we could maybe dig into that from a from a numbers perspective. Is it backed up by the data? 
um, and just how much, yeah, you think it's a, a fair argument. Well, I mean, it's a fun exercise to think about, if nothing else, in terms of. But it, it, I mean, I don't know what the what the sort of argument against that is. I'm sure there are lots, but it, to me, it seems a bit. If they still would have won three titles with with such a disadvantage, then that surely says everything you need to know about it, doesn't it? From a from a a fairness perspective. But but then I guess there's loads of caveats to it, which I'm sure you'll tell me about. And uh, when we look when we look at what the numbers are, but I mean, it, it can't be much fun, can it? If you're if you're a even a Dortmund fan, I mean, there was a time, wasn't there, ten years ago when they w- might have been challenging? But was there was there a recent season where they were actually sort of up there and, and pushing the limit? I, I I don't know too much, but I, I I'd be interested to know if there was because it just seems like Bayern just do their thing every year. Yeah, well, there's been like Leipzig have have been there or thereabouts at the top. Obviously, Dortmund, Wolfsburg had a really good season going back a, a few seasons ago now, where they really did genuinely push. Back when Kevin De Bruyne was there, yeah, they've been a couple of seasons ago they pushed for top four and got into the Champions League. But there's there's always you know some big teams who are there or thereabouts. But I don't think kind of genuinely pushing right to the final day when push comes to shove. But I think it's become more relevant or as relevant even this week. So you look at the weekend fixtures for. By Munich, and they won seven nil yeah. against Bochum. Like you know, you're not just winning three nil and taking your foot off the gas. Like seven nil seems to be a kind of a a real disparity in quality between you know the top and the bottom. Yeah. Um, and you think about obviously PSG as well in in the French league. And granted, Lille did win um, the the French league a couple of seasons ago, but it's just interesting to see PSG won seven one against Lille. And now that's probably an anomaly. You know, when you think of Lille, the quality of of them as a as a club they're not going to be in the, the lower echelons of the league so take that into account but it's not too surprising to see bigger score lines in these leagues so as i say i just wanted to to look at it in terms of that spread yeah um, from top to bottom and try and think of a kind of a a simple statistical way to to look at it yeah uh, basically so of course to do that statistically you can look at it a few ways, really. But what I did was just look at the 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 average um, and the spread. And I think we've spoken about this before as a simple statistical technique. But you can look at the the mean yeah. um, of a of the whole league in terms of maybe the points that they accrue um, across the whole season. So just an average being the mean. Uh, and I think we've spoken about it before. But we could also look at the standard deviation um, of of the league and the points that the teams accrue. And that's Essentially, standard deviation is is a statistical term, essentially looking at the variability of the the numbers that you have. So if you have numbers ranging from 10 all the way up to to 70 and everything in between within a league, then the standard deviation, the bigger the standard deviation, the larger the spread is, Okay. um, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, if, for example, you could have 10 teams who are on 40, or you could have 10 teams who who range from, you know, 20 to, to 50 you've got a larger standard deviation larger spread when you've got 10 teams on a different uh number okay so by looking at the the average and the spread we can get an idea of just how much variation there is within a league so essentially what i did was just look at that just as simple as as last season now if i were to do that across the top five european leagues um equally it wouldn't necessarily be fair in terms of the average number of points because the German Bundesliga has 18 teams. So you can't, you simply cannot accrue as many points within a yeah. league season. So what I did was just look at the average points per game. Okay. Now, this is probably isn't the best way, but even just to show that the average points per game and the spread 
of that within a league. Um, I don't even need to go into the, the exact numbers here, but in terms of the the average, the yeah. average is higher in uh, in the Premier League, actually, just edging the Bundesliga in terms of the um, the average number of points, which suggests that you've probably got a, a few, or very few, big teams who are pulling up the average, which is where your Manchester Cities, your Liverpools, yeah, yeah. your Bayern Munich come from. So that's keeping a, a high average. Um, and the the lowest average in terms of points per game is uh, is Spain actually La Liga, which again really? is makes sense to me I think because they probably do have a you don't really see especially last season you didn't really see anyone truly running away with it. Granted, Real Madrid win it did win it comfortably in the end, but not in the realms of like pushing for a hundred points. Yeah, and I think everything within that you've got a fair fairly good competition in kind of the the middle ground of La Liga where it isn't necessarily um as as predictable shall we say yeah um so it was interesting to see that Spain had the the lowest and then the French league um then Serie A in the middle and then German Bundesliga and the English Premier League as the highest average points per game right so i think then what's sort of interesting to to go along with that is the spread so that standard deviation and again it links with with what i said with La Liga where it has it had the lowest spread. So from the top to the bottom, on average, Spain and the Spanish La Liga had the, the lowest variation. Um, and then, yeah, as I say, the French uh, League, Ligue 1. And then following that, the, the German Bundesliga. So even accounting for the fact that Bayern are, you know, ahead of the game, yeah. um, the, the sort of the competitiveness of the, the league as a whole um, doesn't have a, as big a variation as then Serie A, and uh, the English Premier League has the had the the biggest variation um, of the the points uh, accrued per game last season, which again probably makes sense when you think of the difference between a Manchester City and a Norwich City. Yeah, you know they are the kind of worlds apart. It's not Norwich's fault that they keep going from Championship to to Premier League, but there is a massive gulf in quality there, isn't there? When you think Absolutely. about it from the from the top to the bottom. Absolutely. Do you do you find that obviously it's slightly different for you I guess as well because you're a Liverpool fan that um you, you know obviously you, your team has been in a title race with Man City most recently do you think teams outside of the big 6 or outside of Bayern and Germany outside of PSG etc do you think it's any less enjoyable for teams who are in just in the middle constantly you know like a like a Villa or a Brighton or a, a Southampton I guess Southampton are sometimes flirting with the bottom aren't they but do you think it's any less enjoyable ever to not be competing like that like do you ever think they think well is there a way to make our league more competitive and less spread yeah I think so I mean this is the thing about the spread here that I'm referring to is obviously top to the bottom across the whole league but in terms of you know if you were the fan you think about things like trying to get into Europe and now that they've introduced the Europa Conference League for example there's still attainable ways to try and get into the upper echelons of um, of the league and actually start to have some some away days, European away days. And I mean, Leicester City are a good example of that from someone, you know, as a club who a decade ago, I think, is that be fair to say, wouldn't it? A decade yeah. ago, they'd have been in the championship. So just how far they've come, I think that they are a, a good model for a club who could be like a Villa, who, let's not forget, Villa were European champions um, one, once upon a time. But uh, yeah, there's plenty of clubs who I think like a Brighton who would have, you know, dreams of actually being in in Europe at least. They're not going to threaten the 
the top of the league but you can still think that they could have it there there's plenty of competition kind of within as i say probably from maybe eighth which i think could still be a european place down to 15th maybe there's yeah, probably yeah. a cluster of teams that you could there's there's not too much between them in terms of quality so if you were at the top end of that you'd be pushing for europa conference league and you know things could then go up from there so that one was obviously on average points looking at it could you look at it in different ways in terms of i don't know off the top of my head like the the sort of average xg in the league or the goal scored or, or something like that as opposed to just looking at it via points yeah, I mean, let's have it right. I did this in a very quick, rudimentary yeah. way, but just to show, I guess, proof of principle. But there's, yeah, I guess there's a bunch of ways that you could look at it. I think another way would be, um, so I think we've spoken about 538 before, um, which is a, a site which has publicly available data set, which can basically show um, a team's strength relative to everyone else basically across Europe and they have a statistical model that basically gives them a, a ranking a team um, strength ranking between zero and a hundred now yeah. you could look at the the team's um, 538 it's called an SPI ranking um, you could look at that and see the the variation from top to bottom within each league um, to see whether the spread is there in terms of team strength which I think could be another really interesting way rather than taking in far more I guess, underlying numbers, which we love, um, than yeah. just simply points, which can maybe be obviously skewed by the output, a bit of luck here and there to to obviously accrue um, three points. So there's a whole host of different ways that you can do it. But I guess the principle being that you can look at spread really neatly by using, um, by using standard deviation. And there was another really interesting article that I found um, going back some time now, but it was um, written by someone called Ben Griffiths. And it was the title is Determining the Most Competitive Top UEFA League, which looks at it more broadly rather than just the top five European leagues. Yeah. And I, I must say, I haven't done this analysis before myself, and I'll, I'll link it um, in the bio. Um, but for the more statistically minded listeners among us, um, uh, Ben does a really interesting analysis called the Genie coefficient and it's essentially a measure of inequality um, and it's an economics statistical analysis and a term to basically measure inequality and it's used normally to to measure wealth or income inequality in countries yeah. so which is why it's more of an economics term but you could basically apply it to measure the inequality of a um, of a league's points in the distribution within a season similar to what i've just done in a really simple way so you can use more advanced methods um this genie coefficient which just funny genie as in genie wineldum that's how it is spelled, yeah. which is just always fun <laughs> not as in like the lamp one no yeah exactly yeah yeah genie as in wineldum not lamp thank you for <laughs> clarifying um so I, I you know that's just quickly to to give a little flavor but um i'll put a link of that in the bio if people wanted to take a further look but i just think this is a sort of a topical one but also one an evergreen question of just how competitive are um the top five european leagues and more broadly the leagues um, all across the world because there can often be a massive disparity between the teams at the top and the teams at the bottom and if when it is that big as you say can you really enjoy it the quality of the league as a whole if you know each season it's going to be the same winners likely to be those who are going to be there or thereabouts at the bottom how if it's too predictable is it enjoyable that's the question i mean you know i like pretty much everyone else in the world apart from a select few was uh very outraged at the idea of the super league uh when it was announced mm. last april and uh i was obviously very against it for many many reasons but 
you do have to beg the question, don't you, that if you took out all of the teams who had said that they were up for it, I know PSG and actually I think Bayern were the, some of the ones who weren't maybe, maybe because they love the success yeah, they have. Fine. But um, but it would be interesting, wouldn't it, if you took out the, the top six teams in England um, and you had the other 14 mixed in with some other championship teams. It would make for a really interesting league, wouldn't it, um, in terms of seeing how that how that changed every year and who became the new sort of top players and I wonder how in terms of that spread in terms of the the way of spread like we were just talking about it'd be interesting to see how those numbers changed if you took out Man City for instance do you know what I mean who are who are pulling up the rest of the the average points and stuff do you know what I mean it'd be really interesting to see how if you took out a select few teams how that that number changed yeah true yeah you could maybe take out trying to think you could take out maybe some of the the Champions League only teams and then just look again it's something you can obviously play around with but yeah, it does. It naturally, this conversation does feed into the Super League and how valid a point they have. And I, I'm with you. I don't agree with the idea of a Super League at all for reasons that are to do with football and not to do with football. But um, all we want, I guess, as the the viewer and as the fan in all leagues, is to to make sure that it is competitive. And coming back full circle to the the German Bundesliga and the the article which suggested that it's just completely unfair with the way that Bayern Munich are. I do see that. I completely see that. Because yeah. when you win 10 back-to-back leagues, that does suggest that that league, from a from a champion's perspective, from a title winner's perspective, isn't necessarily equal. There's a lot of inequality there at the, right at the top end. So, yeah, as I say, a very topical um, episode, I think, but um, one that is also part of a wider point across recent years. Absolutely, and also you wouldn't want to lose the shock result factor. It's still absolutely brilliant, isn't it? When a when a lower league team get get a result against one of the big ones, so at least that's something. But um, yeah, no, nice one. That's very interesting. True, Joe. Yeah, we uh, we obviously spoke about it as I say with with Brentford and Manchester United, and I'm glad that we've gone the whole episode without mentioning Manchester United against Liverpool. And for that reason, um, that's all the time we have. This oh, week. you can't now do um, that though. Now you've actually brought it up. You can't. You can't just do that. No, I don't want to talk about it. Maybe we could uh, have an episode on well Liverpool's misfortunes and Manchester United's. Um, rising shall we say is this the start of something special in the Eric Ten Hag era very very early days but um, I've been speaking to some people recently Ryan who um, are interested in coming on and doing an episode all things Manchester United so that's a bit of a teaser there um, that we could maybe and should maybe do that in the coming weeks so absolutely we'll park Manchester United for now but do stay tuned for that one soon listeners um but if there's anything else that anyone wants us to to cover in the coming weeks we are absolutely all ears we have ideas ourselves but we are all ears if you'd like to hear any topic that we could cover for you and of course you know how to do that you can get in contact with us on instagram or twitter at fanalytics pod or of course we are on email fanalytics.pod at gmail.com Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. We will see you and we will be with you next week. Enjoy the rest of your week. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.